morning that you have such overwhelming love for us that we can never outrun it we can never outdo it we can never out sin your love god but it just chases us down time after time we thank you we praise you for that this morning thank you god for being so good to us we thank you we thank you amen amen you can be seated so this morning we have a super special guest speaker today for our uh, pastor appreciation today on Pastor Ryan's birthday um, is his own brother-in-law, 
uh, Mr. Brad Thornton, who is going to come at this time and speak. And I'm sure he has an incredible message for us this morning. So uh, can we give a, a hand up to Mr. Brad as he comes this morning? How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody good? All right. It's, it's so good to be here this morning. Um, this is the first time I've spoke for you in a, in a long, long time. Um, and so I, I want to take just a second to, to let you guys know um, just how uh, good of a pastor and, 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 and his wife, Raina, my sister-in-law, and uh, family that you guys have here. Um, and I, I'm, I was thinking about this earlier when you guys got here. Um, this was back in what, 2011, 2012, 2010. Um, there was about 30 people, I think, total um, in the church at that time. And um, and just watching, uh, and I keep track of you guys all the time. We we attend church in, at Rinkin Church of God up there in Effingham, and and um, and so we uh, and just keeping track, of you guys, and and looking at what has been accomplished here at Richmond Hill. And you guys are consistently, you know, having over 300 people every Sunday morning. And, you know, numbers aren't the, uh, the, the, the end of all that tells you know, how a church is doing. But it's a good indicator that there's some health there and there's some things going on. And, and, um, and knowing my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law like I know them, I can tell you this. They love you. They love this church. I hear them talk about it all the time. I hear them talk, just brag on you guys and, and how you guys show up and how you guys work and and um, and I just want to let you know that it's okay today to show him some love and rain some love and appreciate them because I can tell you one thing, they put a lot of heart, they put a lot of energy and a lot of soul um, into, uh, into you guys and to this church. And, and, um, and I appreciate the opportunity um, to be here this morning. And so um, this morning I want to share for just a few minutes um, and um, it's it's always amazing to me how God begins to just order things and put things in place. And I'm listening to the words of these songs, and I'm and, uh, <laughs> and I'm a, I'm not an emotional. If you don't know me, I'm I'm pretty emotional, and so I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep it together this morning. But it it, it overwhelms me when I look at how God begins to orchestrate things and put things together. And so this morning, let's uh let's pray for just a second, and um and then we'll get into it, Father. I just thank you for this opportunity that I have this morning, God, to share your word at my brother-in-law's church and with New Life and the people here. And Father, I pray that for the next few moments, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to settle in this room, settle in the minds and the hearts of your people. God, I know the word that you've laid on my heart for, for this time, for this, for this group, and I ask that you would just speak through me. God, anoint the words that I say anoint the the ears and the hearts of minds and those who are going to receive it and god we will give you all the glory and honor and praise in jesus name amen one of the things that um i want to do this morning i want to take a few moments and i want you to kind of just settle in and i want you to think about yourself for just a few minutes i want you to kind of get in that mind frame of a little bit of, I guess, what we call self-reflection or self-evaluation. And I want to ask you a series of questions this morning. And here's what I, here's what I want to, um, I want you to kind of get you going in that direction. And it's around this, this idea right here of what do you worry about? And as, as Raina said at the beginning, 
uh, the the first one of the first uh, words to the song was uh, those who are weary. What do you what makes you weary this morning? What do you worry about? What are some of those things in your life that when the day gets quiet at the end of the day, where do your thoughts go? Where do you, what are your concerns? What might bring you anxiety? What might cause you to have fear? And as we're thinking about that, and I want you, and, I, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm gonna let that just kind of sit for just a second. What do you worry about? What is it that weighs heavy? What do you keep coming back to? What keeps showing up in your life over and over and over again? Now you may be sitting here this morning. You may be thinking, "Well, I'm not worried about anything. Like I'm worried about how long you're going to speak." <laughs> I'm worried about, you know, whether, you know, what time I'm going to get the lunch or what we're going to eat for lunch. But what, what it, the thing I know about us as people is that there is always something that we carry, something in our lives, something that tends to weigh heavy on us. And so we're going to go deep this morning. And we're going to go there pretty quick. And I just I want to I want to bring some things to your attention. So in just a second, I'm going to ask you a series of six questions. Why six? I'll tell you six here. Why six in just a second? But I'm going to ask you six questions as we go through this. And they're going to relate to something we're going to talk about here in just a second. But here's what I want us to do as we do this. And as you're thinking about along that lines of, okay, what what is it that really brings me worry? And let me just kind of give you an example of something in just a second. Let's just say you worry about money. Let's say you you're constantly worried about the next paycheck. Where's the next? How much? Where's the, you know the money going to come from? And your first your first thought there is I'm I'm constantly worried about our finances. That's just just something that weighs heavy on me constantly. Okay, that's a worry. That's that's something that you recognize right away. Why is that? Why is that something? And I'm using this as an example. It may not be that. It may be something else. But maybe as, you, as if you think about it a little bit more and as you kind of reflect and you dig a little bit deeper, you think, well, when I was a teenager, my parents filed for bankruptcy. And when they filed for bankruptcy, we lost our house, we lost our cars, we lost, we lost everything. And I remember how hard that was. I remember watching my parents go through this, this horrible time of just pain and, and, and stress and, and just emotional, you know, just, just big emotional time. And so maybe your first thought is, I'm worried about my finances. My, my mind always goes there. My energy goes there. My, con- my concerns go there. And when I dig a little bit deeper, I can think about, oh, yeah, it's, it's because it goes back to this particular event, and, and, and that was very uncomfortable, and I didn't like it. And there's an even b- bigger and deeper question. Okay, and so now that I recognize that, now that I know that's there, what do I do with that? What do we do when we begin to recognize those things that weigh on us, that we're worried about and we're concerned about, we know where they come from, or maybe we don't. What do we do with that? So um, we're going to take those aspects of your life this morning. We're going to put them up under a microscope. And if you've ever looked under a microscope, when you, look, when you take a little Petri dish or tray, whatever, and you're just looking at it, you're like, well, there's nothing there. There's just a drop of water there. Put it up under the microscope. You zoom in. You focus it in, and what do you see? You see something that's beyond the surface. It's below the surface of what our eyes can see. 
Um, Brother Tony, you'll like this. I've been playing golf here recently. I've been getting back into some golf, and and as I get a little bit older, uh, I recognize that my my well, the way my body feels afterwards is there you go. It's not good. Okay. And so I go to the chiropractor once a month. When I go to the chiropractor, some, some, sometimes I, I get an ultrasound. You know what I'm talking about? And those little things, they, they rub on your back. And, and, um, and so they'll, they'll rub this ultrasound on my back, and they're looking for those places in my back that I know it's sore, but I might not be able to exactly pinpoint where it's at. But when that ultrasound and that electricity hits those tender spots, you know it, don't you? And I know it. And, th- and that helps the chiropractor know where to put those electrodes in that exact tender spot to provide a little extra care and a little bit more attention. And that's what we want to do this morning. We want to find those tender spots. We want to find those spots that cause us worry and fear and anxiety and give a little extra attention to them. Find out why they're there and where they come from. And then let's talk about what we do with them. So you ready? I'm going to ask you to see six questions, and these six questions are pretty general, but they do come from a specific place. And as we go through these six questions, I'm just going to read through a a series of questions. And the purpose of these questions, again, is to maybe you know right away what it is. Yes, I know where my mind goes, and I know what weighs heavy, and I know what concerns me and worries me. Or maybe you know it's there, but you just can't quite put your finger on it. Maybe these questions will help us identify some of those places. So here we go. Question number one. And there's actually multiple questions under question number one, but here we go. What are you looking for in life? What are you looking for in your job, in your marriage, in your family? What are you looking for when you hang out with your friends at work, your coworkers? What are you looking, what is it that you want and seek from those particular things? Is there one thing that you, that keeps resurfacing in multiple areas of your life? Is there that one thing or multiple things you keep seeking after and you just don't realize why? Number two, what are your priorities? What in your life do you desire the most? As I was reading back through this last night, I was going back through this, and I, for whatever reason, I stopped right there because there's a lot right there that we can dig into. What in your life do you desire the most? What takes first place, second place, third place on the podium of your life? Number three, what do you value the most? Is it your time? Is it your money? Is it your health? Is it position? Is it prestige? What do you value the most? Number four, whose approval do you seek? Whose approval do you want, do you desire? Whose feedback do you need the most because you need something in return about yourself? And why is that? Why do you need that from that particular person or group of people? Number five, what pieces of your life are you trying to put together? You look at your past, you look at your failures, you look at the things, you just look at things around you, and you're trying to figure out how to put things back together, and you find it very difficult to do. If you're a movie person, are you the director of your movie or just an extra in the background? Are you in charge of your movie, your life, or are you passively letting it all go by? 
And number six, what are you trying to add to your life? What are you trying to place in your life to compensate for something else? And does it relate to that area of worry? Does it relate to that area of concern or anxiety? Are you trying to add more money? Are you trying to add more respect? Are you trying to add more recognition? Are you trying to find ways to get people to notice you or to notice your talents, to notice your abilities? So in these six questions, maybe you recognize something there. Maybe there's something there that makes you think, yeah, that's, that's me. I, I, there's something there in that particular question. Or when you said that, that is something that I can identify as, as something that weighs on me. Maybe you find yourself in this state of worry or fear or something that keeps coming up in every season and every area of your life. And maybe you, when you sit here and you recognize those things and you recognize what is bringing you fear, what is bringing you worry, what is weighing you down, we see it, we recognize it, but then we ask ourselves, now what do I do with this? How do I get rid of this? How do I not carry this that weighs me down so much? If you're recognizing something that may be causing you worry or fear, anxiety, we're going to spend some time this morning looking at what Jesus had to say about handling these things. Or maybe you're here and you recognize the fear and, and worry and anxiety, but you're not quite sure where it's coming from. If this is you, then you might be the most this might be the most important part of today's talk for you to spend some time today in reflection and prayer i can tell you this from 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 personal experience when we begin to recognize something's off something's out of whack something's out of kilter I'm spending too much time, I'm spending too much energy worried and consumed by this or by that. When we recognize those things and we take the time to say, God, I see this. And I don't know really what it is. Will you show me? Will you help me to know? It sounds much like a question my wife asked when she spoke here on Mother's Day. One of the questions that she asked, and one of her very first points was, where do you want my attention? And if you haven't listened to that or you haven't heard her, her, uh, her message there from Mother's Day, go back and, and listen to that. Um, because what she spoke on is the setup, another setup in another way to kind of dig into those places. Where, is, where does God want my attention? And then she prayed these prayers. There was these three prayers that she gave. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear and course correct my role. And so maybe you need to go back and listen to that. But this morning, if we take the time to reflect and pray, he will show up and he will show us. I was going to say this at the beginning of the service and it just didn't fit, but I feel like it fits right here. As I was standing over there this morning and worshiping and listening to these songs, I I just felt this 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 heaviness. This holy the Holy Spirit was just telling telling me to let someone know that there is healing 
for you today. There is healing for you today. His love is great. His love is far more than you or I could comprehend or begin to even make sense of. And if you find yourself in this place today and you don't know how to get out, there is healing here for you today through the power of his word. Amen. All right. So the Bible has a lot to say about uh, worry, fear, and anxiety. Jesus directly addresses worry in Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you're like, when's he going to actually get to the Bible? It's right now, okay? So Matthew chapter 6 is where we're heading, all right? Now, I I teach eighth-grade math. That is my job. That's what I do. Um, And um, and so I'm I'm having to resist the teacher part of me that wants to take Matthew 6 and really break this down and talk about the context and pull out a lot of good truths here. Matthew chapter 5 and that, Matthew, Matthew chapter 6 are full of statements from Jesus that just give life and give power. And, but I, I'm not going to do that. I don't have time to do that this morning. But I do want to focus on a very, very familiar verse that I'm sure we've all heard at some point. And that is verse 33 in chapter 6. And here's what it says. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. So the answer to the question, what do I do with this worry, this weight, this fear, this anxiety? How do I move past that, or how do do I get this in a place where it can be handled? Well, here's the answer. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, And all these things shall be added into. Let's pray and we'll be done. No, I'm just kidding. When we read that, we're like, well, that's that's good. But we're going to spend some some a few minutes this morning really breaking this verse down. And what I want to do, you're going to see a little bit of the nerd in me come out in in this. Um, And and I want to I want to go back and I want to look at this scripture and I want to look at it in the Greek. Okay, so you want to look you want to learn some Greek this morning. You're going to learn with me because maybe you can help me pronounce these. But, all right, do you remember the six questions I just asked just a few minutes ago? I'm not going to ask them again, okay? But those six questions were not just random questions. They fit into these categories. And as I was reading through this verse, the, the Holy Spirit began to say, ask these questions based off this verse. And so there's six words here that those six questions were based on. Seek first kingdom, righteousness all, and added. Okay, so those questions we asked ourselves, they came from this verse in these six words. And so I'm going to break these words down. I'm going to I'm going to we're going to look at what do they literally mean in the Greek? Because the answer to the question, what do I do once I know why I'm worried and why I'm fearful? Why there's so much anxiety in my life? This is the answer. The problem with this is it, it might answer and give us an answer. But what do we do with that exactly? So here we go. Let's break it down. I'm going to go through these very quickly, and then I'll kind of give you like a little sum up here of what I think this is really trying to say. So here we go. The first word we want to look at in the Greek here is the word seek, and it's pronounced uh, zeteo, and it means to basically to investigate in order to reach a binding and terminal resolution. It means that I am seeking after something to the point where I am satisfied with what I have discovered. Let that sink in for just a second. Seek first his kingdom. I am going to get to the bottom of this matter. I am going to seek and go after until I am resolute in what I know. 
The next word is first, and it's the word protos, which literally means the number one, okay? It's, it's for, foremost. That one's not really complicated to figure out. It just literally means the foremost thing, that which is number one. The next word is kingdom. Now, you may recognize this word. It may sound a little familiar. In the Greek, it's called basilia, and it literally means the realm in which a king sovereignly rules, especially referring to the rule of Christ in the believer's heart. Seek first his kingdom. The next word is righteousness. Now, Brother Law, you may have to help me with this one a little bit, but I think it's pronounced dikeosune. Uh, uh, it's close enough. Okay. And the word righteous here it interprets the approval of God or God's approval. Seek first his kingdom, the rule of Christ in our heart, and his approval. And all, this word all in the Greek is pas, P-A-S, and it means all in the sense of each and every part that applies. This is important. The last part of this verse this is one of the most well-known scriptures that we, we know. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. We love the last part of this verse, don't we? And all these things will be added unto me. Because we somehow think and get misconstrued construed there that he, if I seek him first, if I put him first, if I'm in church every Sunday, and I join a small group, and I pay my tithes, he's going to give me everything I want. That's not what this means. But it's even better than saying he's going to give me everything that I want. He gives it to us as it applies. Applies to what? It doesn't say it, but I think it confirms it in this next word, added. Prostitemi, something like that. Prostitemi, okay? It means to put together for a purpose. To put together for a purpose. All, each and every part that applies for his purpose. And that's the part sometimes that gets uncomfortable. Because sometimes what applies for his purposes, for our lives, it's not everything we want. So, Taking this verse, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Looking at it in the Greek and breaking that down, maybe it sounds as something like this. I have come to the conclusion that the rule of Christ in my life and his approval of me is the only thing I care about. And when I make this my priority, every part of my life will be put together for divine purpose, for his purpose. So when we read this and we see this and we think, okay, so I can kind of put this all together a little bit. How do we, how do we walk this out? So let's just, let's take a look at where, where we've come from and where we are right now before, and this last part won't take long to finish up, Okay. What do you worry about? What weighs you down? Where is your fear and your anxiety? What is the root of those things? When we dig down, what are we really, really 
worried about. And we identify that. What do we do with it? What is the answer to that? Jesus is telling us the answer to that is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and he will add these things into us. We've taken a look at that in the Greek. We've summed that up, what that could possibly mean for me. Now what? How do I take another step? Now that I have knowledge and information, what do I do with it? So here's what I want to do. I want to answer this question because the answer to the question of what do I do with all this? How do I seek first his kingdom? How do I seek first his kingdom? How do I develop this kingdom mindset that allows me to seek him first? And here's the first thing I came up with, or the first thing that I came up with that the Lord gave me. Number one, how do I seek first his kingdom? I have to take a knee. What? <laughs> take a knee? What do, you, what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Jesus says this. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. Hang with me here. What do we mean when we take a knee? It means that we come to this place, and if you think about what situations in life where people would take a knee, it's this posture that we come before someone, you know, when I asked my wife to marry me, I got down on one knee. You know, when we come before, we see people before royalty, they, they send them to take a knee, and they, they kind of are, are letting them know that you are above me. I, I put you in a place that is above myself. And when, I, when we say take a knee, we're saying, here's what we're saying. We're saying that I will take a daily posture and mindset that says, I need saving. I am in need of a Savior, and I acknowledge my dependence upon you. It's in the words of David in chapter 16 of Psalms, verse 8, David says, I have set you before me. It's this posture. It's this place that we have to develop in our lives. How do I seek first his kingdom? What do I do with all this once I've discovered it and I see it? We have to come before him. We have to take a knee. We have to realize that I am poor and in need of a Savior. I am in need of him in my life, and I put myself in this posture of surrender and lowering myself and acknowledging my dependence upon the Lord. Is this okay? This is not easy by any means because it's a posture that we have to take daily. We have to remind ourselves daily. So how do we seek first his kingdom? The first thing we have to do is we have to take a knee. The second thing that we have to do is we have to deny self. Luke 9 and 23, verses 24, says this. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. I want you to listen to this verse in the message. I never read this in the message, and the first time I read this, I, I, I'll just be honest, I lost it. It, it, it so ministered to me. 
Listen to what this verse says in the message. Then he told them what they could expect for themselves. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. That's so good. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? We have to deny ourselves. Now, what does that mean exactly? How do you deny self? And we'll go through these very quickly. To deny the self, to deny self, we must deny the flesh. What is the flesh? The flesh wants what it wants. In Galatians 5, 19, it says this. When you follow the desires of your sin sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, uh, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, uh, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins of the like. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the what? The kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. To deny self means I must deny my flesh what it desires. It means that I have to be ever-present and ever-aware uh, of what tends to trip me up, what tends to make me worry, what tends to make me fearful, what tends to bring me anxiety. And in verse 21 here, and I love this, it's just that reminder that if, if we allow these things in our lives, that we will not inherit the kingdom of God. We must nail those passions to the cross and leave them there. Live by the Spirit, asking Him daily to produce fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Father, help me to have these. Develop those things in my life instead of satisfying what the flesh wants. Deny self. How do we seek first His kingdom? We have to take a knee, recognize our dependence upon Him. We have to deny self. And the last thing here. Uh, Rain or Trent, as you guys come, we have to turn it over. We have to turn it over, and here's what I mean by that. Mark ten forty two says this. So Jesus called them together and said, "You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different." This is this interesting conversation again, where you have to go back and look at the context of what James and John are arguing about, and. And, and they get to this place of who's, who's going to be in a position of honor, who's going to be seated, seated next to the throne. And Jesus says, you got it all wrong. But among you, it will be different. Among you, it has to be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be slave of everyone else for even the son of man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life for a ransom i've been reading a book called the power to change by craig rochelle it's a great book 
probably two or three months ago, I wrote down this quote just because it just, it just ministered to me. But I want you to see what Greg Rochelle, how he paraphrases this, this verse. This is what he says. If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to flip your ideas of what is big and what is small, of who is important and who is not, of what is first and what is last. We're going to have to flip all that upside down because it's opposite what the culture says to us. This is not easy for us, turning it over, seeing it from this other side. In America, we learn at a very early age and in various ways depending on our generation that you can be and can have whatever you want if you work hard. We are taught from our own culture to be an individual, to be independent, to be strong. As parents, part of our job is to raise our children to help them become independent and know how to take care of themselves. That's the sign of successful parenting. And while none of that is wrong and all of that is necessary to teach, somewhere along the way we begin to pay attention to our selfish tendencies and we begin to hold on to our newfound securities. And it becomes easy to lose, or perhaps we never gained, a perspective that is centered on His kingdom and His righteousness. Now this doesn't make us bad, nor does it disqualify us, but it definitely requires a correction of our course. We have to practice sacrificing ourselves daily. We have to put our worries and our concerns at the foot of the cross and trust Him that all we need will be added to us. Are you staying with me this morning? So how do we seek first His kingdom? We have to take a knee. We've got to deny ourselves, and we have to turn it over. And I want to leave you with this. Right in between Matthew 5, 3 and 6, 33, we have this verse in 9 and 10. Matthew 6, 9 and 10, it says this. Our Father in heaven. But Tony said you prayed the Lord's Prayer this morning. May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The question I had when I read that is, why did Jesus say, why did he say your will be done before, he pray, before we pray for our own needs? If anyone understood this idea of if the Father's will before their own, it's Jesus. When one night, alone and by himself, he would pray to his Father, allow this cup to pass. If there's another way, will you let this go by? But nonetheless, your will be done. And his will, that all, that all things added unto us, he would give us for Jesus, it was not pretty. 
it didn't feel good. And it wasn't something that he looked forward to and wanted. But he knew in the suffering there would come life, renewal, and freedom. And so, if you're here this morning, and that's you, there's good news. To seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And it may not be what you think it's going to be. And it may not look how you want it to look. But at the end of the day, when we deny ourselves, and we recognize our dependence upon him, and we take the world system and say, I won't do it that way. I'll choose to do it your way. There comes peace. And there comes those things that we need and he'll add into us for his purposes. And it's always to point the glory back to our Father and allow others to see his grace and his mercy. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you see the hearts of your people. And you offer such love, a love we don't understand. And sometimes it's hard to receive. But I pray this morning for those of us who are here, and we carry this weight. We carry the weight of worry and fear and anxiety. And we just don't know what to do with it. I ask God that somehow through your Holy Spirit that you let your word sink deep of how we walk this out. And the only way there is a complete and total surrender and dependence upon you. It requires sacrifice of us. And I pray that no matter what that is, because it probably looks different for all of us, I ask that you give the strength, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the fortitude to take another step and to say, come what may, but I will trust in a heavenly Father that at the end of the day, we'll put all things into my life for a purpose. And he will add them in according to his will. Father, we say thank you. We trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.